10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Oh goodness, that's super huge. Let's try to fix that. Okay, of course, just as we uh, go live here in the background, my um, technology starts to uh, decide it's going to do its own thing and my music started playing in the background. So <laughs> give me a second, guys. Um, okay. For the second time in the last 10 minutes, I turned my music off. We'll see if it decides to turn it back, itself back on again. All right. So good afternoon and uh, thank you for joining us um, at uh, here at Restore Freedom Weekly. This is season two, episode 13. Uh, today's topic is over overcoming self-representation roadblocks. And uh, I am constitutional attorney Catherine Henring. And this is Liberty Lordy, and we are uh, going to bring some information to you, hopefully a lot of encouragement, a little bit of court rules, um, but basically some procedural tools for your toolbox and uh, uh, giving you the know-how to make it through some particularly sticky situations. Um, first of all, uh, to... Uh, Otto on uh, YouTube and John, uh, Rogue Nation, um, Liberty Cause, everybody else that is joining us here today. It's not showing me the full names of somebody so I'm, uh, from some of you, so I'm uh, not able to quite see what your full screen names are, but thank you for joining us today. Welcome. And um, yes, you are welcome for the pro se knowledge because as an attorney, I've been in the legal field for over 20 years now. Obviously, I started when I was like two years old, but um, no, it's been uh, it's been a wild ride for me. And although I value the uh, experience and the education, certainly the money that I had to put into my own education, going to college and then law school and doing externships and all the rest. Uh, and there's a lot of value in what I did. That doesn't mean that just because it takes a lot of hard work to become an attorney that uh, therefore only attorneys are the ones with the keys to the court system or to the justice system or however you would like to view that. No, every branch of government is designed to function and work for we the people. We're not supposed to uh, be required to have an attorney to get into or access properly the judicial system. That's not how this works. Nobody should be forced to ever have an attorney ever. Uh, we are guaranteed um, the advice of counsel, being able to have an attorney if we should choose to have one, but that does never ever equate to uh, being forced to have one. So, um, okay, so I'm, I'm not sure what state you're in. If you are, Stairs at Plants is saying um, that uh, they received their MCR book this uh, this week. Not sure if you're in Michigan or perhaps Missouri or Minnesota, Montana, you name it. But uh, 
anything. Um, so uh, it's awesome that you are uh, that you've gotten your court rules book, though. That's a great thing to see. Um, oh no. Well, Mr. Liberty Cause, I'm hoping that you are, uh, Mr. Liberty Cause is mentioning that the Palm Beach Free Press is getting railroaded in court today. Uh, for those of you who don't know him, he's a new friend of mine and, and a little bit longer friend of the Liberty Cause down here in Florida. And he is one of the First Amendment auditors that is literally just somebody who, you know, has a day job. And then goes out and just if he sees somebody getting pulled over or he sees something that looks like it might go haywire, he starts recording. And um, I'm not sure if he's always going live or if he uploads afterwards, but he's recording to make sure um, that the individual's rights are not being uh, trampled upon by the government employee or the police officer or whatever. But sometimes he's recording because who knows, maybe it's the cop or the government employee who needs that protection or that witnessing uh, because they're having something bad happen to them. Either way, he's trying to make sure that he's preserving the truth and uh, making sure that the wheels of, of everything in government are working according to uh, the proper design. And anyway, he ended up receiving a criminal citation for uh, obstructing without violence. So Yes, he's actually in a jury trial today, and what I'm hoping is that the Liberty Cause is not telling me that he's gotten some sort of updates today and that uh, he is actually really getting railroaded because um, it's really too bad that uh, this trial is happening too many hours away from here. Otherwise, I would be there, um, at least to support, if nothing else. But at any rate, um, please say some prayers for our good friend, the Palm Beach Free Press, who's just out there trying to um, expose the truth. That's all he was doing. Uh, he wasn't doing anything wrong and he was literally given criminal charges out of it. Uh, and so anyway, he's literally having a uh, jury trial right now on that very topic. So um, uh, let's see. Oh, Michigan. Okay, good. So uh, Stairs Up Plants was confirming that they are uh, getting the Michigan copy of the court rules. Uh, so, um, and we have somebody, April, on Facebook saying, as my mom's personal representative, the courts are saying I need to have an attorney in order to sue or, um, and then my screen is covering up the words, to sue or defend a lawsuit against her estate. Uh, really, <sighs> First of all, in Michigan, if it is in Michigan, in Michigan, there's informal and formal probate proceedings. And informal proceedings are meant to be where you don't need an attorney, where things are not complicated, where it's uh, going through the system without needing to spend thousands of dollars uh, just on the process of winding up an estate. Uh, if it's a little bit more complicated and it's through more formal procedures or things like that, um, that is frustrating because uh, you should be able to represent yourself, or in that case, you are not you, you are the personal representative, and you have stepped into the, the legal shoes, essentially, of your mom in seeing out her final wishes. So there's no way that they should require you to have an attorney. It's not like you would be representing her while she's still here. It's you have literally stepped into her shoes and she has chosen you for that role. 
And, um, and so anyway, that's, that's another complicated issue, but, um, I'm sorry to hear that April. I'm sorry to hear of all of that. Um, okay. So let's see. Um, I think they talked about him on free talk live the other day. Okay. So it looks like Lori has shared on YouTube and Facebook, at least the, um, the link for the Palm beach free chest. Oh, I can't even talk today. Palm beach free press YouTube channel. Uh, so do make a, um, uh, Oh, Houghton County, April, you're in Houghton County. Well, that's even more disturbing to me because, well, as you might know, uh, that's actually where I was born. I was born, um, up there. Well, okay. I was born in Hancock. I'm actually not sure what County Hancock is in, but I think it's the same county. Anyway, um, that's where my family is from. My, my mom's whole side of the family, um, generation after generation born in that Hancock hospital up there. So for those of you not from Michigan, uh, we're talking about way up here is where I was born. So, um, okay, good. Hancock is Houghton County. I should know that. I mean, but hmm. You know, uh, for the last three years, I had uh, dealings with all 83 counties, and we had thousands and thousands of pieces of information on all 83 counties, right, Lori? So, um, yeah. gets to be a little bit much at times, but yeah. All right, so, oh no, oh, so the judge is failing to sequester witnesses, is what it looks like. Hopefully, they. Um, if you have any direct contact with them, Mr. Liberty Cause, please send him a text or whatever that you can get through to him to make sure he is uh, properly laying the, the objections so that he can appeal because a lot of these issues he cannot raise on appeal if he does not lay the proper groundwork right now. So he needs to make sure he's stating his objections clearly. Um, and in this instance, it looks like he's asking for the witnesses to be sequestered so that they have uh, not have the opportunity to collude and talk to each other today about what their testimony is. Um, so interesting. Okay. Anyway. All right. So we're going to get started today. Uh, it looks like we had quite a few more viewers now because I went off, off topic talking about um, Palm Beach Free Press's trial that um, people might be um, uh, getting a little bit frustrated, but at any rate, uh, welcome. Thank you again for joining us today. Um, we are talking about, um, and the reason, I guess, let me put it this way. The reason why I felt it was important to address briefly some of what was going on with the Palm Beach Free Press's trial that's happening today is because he is representing himself and uh, it's a lot <laughs> going through. And so uh, I'm not a Florida licensed attorney and he knows that but he knows that I myself of having to dig into all the court rules and the laws here and everything. And I've been more than happy to um, share uh, with him what I've learned in going through my case so that he can use it for his case. In fact, that's why I put all my court documents the best I can uh, onto my website so that you can use them yourself. If you're in Michigan, Florida, or beyond, Obviously, if you're in another state, you can't use a Michigan court rule or a Florida Supreme Court case as easily, but you at least have some ideas on what to look for and where to start. Uh, if you are in Michigan or Florida, by now, there's quite a few things I've put on our website that can deal with both things. If you're in Michigan, check out some, several cases uh, that I have court documents on our resources tab for. Uh, the biggest 
source of information is going to be the Allegan County case. Uh, that's by far, you know, thousands of pieces of paper on our website there for you uh, that you can uh, do control F and do some key search, uh, key term searching and things like that. If you're in Florida, the best thing to look for in terms of being able to look at example documents and, and things like that uh, would be the Ormond Beach case that we're going to kind of go over today just to be able to walk you through some examples of how this all works. So um, anyway, the uh, well, that I have never seen on YouTube. There's a comment that is literally describing code for an emoji. And it's actually more confusing for my brain to try to convert that into what the emoji would be than if I had just seen an emoji. But um, anyway, um, yes, thank you, Rogue Nation, for checking in with us today. And it was a blessing to have you. And we will look forward to giving you uh, the information on replay, so to speak, uh, later when you're able to, um, to join us back. So all right um so getting started today uh there is a reason why i chose this graphic albeit a very simplistic cartoonic type of uh caricature here because there's roadblocks often often through anytime you want to get involved in government or you know you're just not, not trying to get involved you're just trying to live your life you, you're trying to build a house or make repairs or uh, run your business or, you know, whatever, get some sort of permit to do X, Y, Z, right? Uh, the government has inserted itself into literally every single aspect of our daily lives, and it's not okay. And often, even if we're trying to follow all of their rules and procedures, they still put roadblocks in front of us. Uh, well, I've encountered that many, many times. In fact, people that are a little bit new to me, uh, and many of you are, we have uh, a few thousand new people that have joined us on Facebook and especially YouTube recently and a Rumble channel, et cetera. Welcome to all of you who are new and who have joined us because of a, a referral from some other YouTube or other source. Uh, we appreciate you coming. But um, anyway, a lot of you who are new that I've had conversations with recently, uh, as you hear some of this unfolding, uh, the most common thing I hear from people is, wow, you really are a magnet for when things are, you know, um, to go wrong or when government officials are to not follow procedures and want to screw you over. You really a magnet for those situations. Yes, Lori can attest to that. Lori has seen nonstop the last three years of that happening. So, um, and I think they're trying to keep you down. You're, you're, you're a force to be reckoned with and they, I think they fear you. I mean, <laughs> they, they don't know how to handle you because you're somebody not only with knowledge in general, but you have the ability to teach yourself what you don't know and research. And they, they don't know what to do with somebody that knows how to go against them. They probably don't know how to do, uh, how to handle somebody who literally reads all of those legal books <laughs> behind me. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's for sure. But uh, I appreciate the compliment. Um, and okay, let me see. Um, yeah, sorry, Joe, Joe says getting involved with government. Ew. Sorry, Joe. Uh, <laughs> I clarified and explained that if you're just trying to live your life and follow, even if you're just trying to follow their rules, they often, uh, will give you, um, um, Sorry, Joe's next comment. I just I had to I had to grab grab this and put this on the screen. For those of you who listen, 
uh, just by podcast, especially later on. Uh, I apologize. I do try to convert all of the great discussion and comments and, and visuals into something audio as well uh, so you can hear it as well as those who are able to see it. But um, so Joe on Facebook says, anytime government feels threatened, it grows itself to defend against we the people. Now, what's really funny to me about this or why I felt like I needed to share that particular comment is because if you look at the video from my hearing, and we had several different camera angles, thanks so much to uh, the Liberty Cause, and this is a public service, both of them were out and uh and present for the entire hearing that we had on february 27th here in the city of ormond beach for that special magistrate hearing um normally and and liberty cause i'm sure will chime in himself and say that normally in these situations he was telling me oh there, you know hardly anybody's going to be there it's going to be the code enforcement officer and the magistrate and that's it in this situation there was a code enforcement officer for my case it was a code enforcement officer it was uh, her buddy, who's also a code enforcement officer, but sat at the plaintiff's table with him the entire time. It was the magistrate. It was his assistant. It was the deputy city attorney. I later found out the the Hudhancho city attorney. It was some third guy. I don't even know who it was. Uh, it was the uh, neighborhood improvement division supervisor, the code enforcement uh, inspector. Her supervisor was there. It was the planning department uh, uh, person uh, that was there. There were another two or three people there from the city that I didn't know what their role was. And they even had a police officer there because I'm so big and bad and scary, especially when I bring my entourage, uh, including Emma, because when you bring a nine-year-old that says that you're there for trouble. So anyway, um, it's funny because they literally grew in numbers for my hearing. They knew it was coming uh, months in advance. They were planning it. And instead of having the typical maybe two people there, there were at least 12 people being paid by the city that day. So um, anyway, yes, you're right. They actually, um, uh, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. So <laughs> um, uh, we have another YouTube comment that says the last place that I need to be is in government. I would probably last about three days, this person says, and uh, remember the parking lot arrest. You know what's funny about that is you must be a little bit newer to me. Um, I can't tell by your your handle or your screen name there um, if, if you're somebody that I, I know in person or not. But at any rate, you must be a little bit newer to me because for those who have known me since 2020 at least, uh, they know that that day that I was arrested, that I was beat up uh, and illegally arrested in Layton Township, Michigan, as, as I was serving as an attorney, was the exact same day that I, I went and I was arrested. And then later on that day, it was announced that I was elected, arrested, then elected. First time in history in the whole United States of America, arrested and then elected on the same exact day. And I did serve in government, not that township, but I served on a township board then uh, from that point forward until I moved down here as a township trustee, not because I wanted to, oh my gosh, those township issues are driving me crazy. And the, you know, you don't get, you paid $300 a month or something like that, whatever piddly amount it was for the insane amount of hours it takes to actually read all the documents before each meeting. Um, but at any rate, I, I was glad to do it because we needed people on the board that wanted to follow the constitution. And before that, we only had one. 
And that one guy suckered me into it. <laughs> and, uh, um, he's still on the board. He didn't even uh, campaign. Yeah, I didn't he did all the campaigning for you. And I'm pretty sure I got the most votes out of all of them. Uh, and I didn't campaign, didn't knock on one door, didn't send one flyer out with my name on it or anything. And yet uh, garnered a lot of votes. But that's what happened. So, um, I thought this was funny. Nothing against you, but I like the idea of government officials starting their term already incarcerated. <laughs> so, um, they have to prove themselves to get released. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, and, and John here on YouTube, kids are scary, he says. And what's funny is at the beginning of this, if you guys uh, you know tuned in at the very beginning of the episode or you've caught the beginning of it um, any time before, you know that on these weekly episodes, we start with the Pledge of Allegiance, said by none other than uh, she was probably six or seven at the time I recorded that, but my nine-year-old child. So yeah, she's pretty damn scary because she knows the Pledge of Allegiance. She's She knows a good portion of the Constitution, and she knows the proper role of government and that her rights come from God and not the government. So she is the epitome of being scary for them. So hello, Big Bad John. Thanks for joining us. And 500 Magnum on uh, YouTube. Thanks for joining us both today. Um, all right. So um, so today, e-filing systems make courts more accessible, right? Wrong. And if I thought Michigan courts were screwed up, holy crap, Florida courts are even worse. And it's actually employ the use of uh, technology you know, more broadly, more across the board in a way that common sense would tell you, oh, so this at least should make that kind of stuff more simplistic. Because in Michigan, they're still sorting it out, which ones you have to e-file and how you e-file and which systems and, you know, or do you have to bring things in paper? And, and in my case, which started in 2020, you know, there were times that they literally were trying to keep the courthouse shut to the public. So you couldn't even go file in person. But then they were you know, at times trying to tell me they wouldn't accept my pleadings by email, but they didn't have a court filing system either online. So I'm like, wait a minute. So you're just telling me I'm denied responding to, I wasn't even bringing a cause of action. I was fighting against something they brought against me that the government brought illegally against me. And they were trying to deny me access to doing that. So, um, at any rate, Oh, Lori kicked herself out. Okay. If you did that on purpose, then, um, I should probably switch to this other screen. Okay, here we go. So, um, so we're going to discuss the roadblocks that we've experienced personally in our current case against Ormond Beach and how we overcame those so that you can see this real life example thing play out and know how to walk yourself through some of these situations. Why? Because it's my goal to help self-represented non-attorneys navigate their way through the legal system. And so today we're going to talk about emergency motions, uh, civil cover sheets, designation of emails, uh, hidden court filing fees, and more. The things that it takes to um, represent yourself and represent yourself adequately. So today's true or false, uh, make sure that you remember to participate in this every Tuesday. Of course, the Tuesdays that we have the show. Now, there's eight times throughout the entire year that we're going to take a week off. We've taken off, we took off the very first week of the year in January. Uh, we took off last week for Easter. And uh, so there's six more times throughout the year that we'll take a week off. But uh, 
for the most part, every single week on Tuesday at 10 o'clock a.m., I'll post a true or false question of the day, and then you'll have until 10 p.m. to answer that. Now, we found that we were getting more um, participation in those polls on Telegram and YouTube, so that's the only places that we post the polls, but go ahead and, and check out that. You don't need to have... Um, we do need to have at least one of those kinds of accounts. But if you're watching this, you most likely do. So at any rate, um, check it out on Telegram or YouTube. On both of them, it's, it's t.me slash restore freedom for our Telegram channel or youtube.com slash restore freedom. So pretty easy to find us on both of those. Now, the first thing we're going to talk about, again, these are the examples of real life. We are on Twitter, but I stopped doing, um, pause, sorry. Joe on Facebook, I see that you asked about Twitter. We are on Twitter. You can find us, I think uh, I think it's Restore Freedom K because you can't have too many characters in your screen name there. Anyway, Restore Freedom K uh, is our account, but um, we weren't getting enough responses on the Twitter polls to make it worth it. And so uh, we do post our regular posts on there. In fact, we're live now on Twitter with this video. Uh, but uh, we're just not um, posting the polls on there anymore. So, okay. All right. So the first topic in this is a court file number. So in any kind of situation, especially when it's by electronic uh, mechanism, and most states have some form of e-filing in place, and many of them have a mandatory e-filing system, uh, there, you need a court file number. So you have your initial case documents, but once you file that, you can't keep filing to that same case unless you have the court file number. So the system knows how to match it up and put it in the right place. Uh, and certainly that's the case here in Florida. So the thing is uh, with me, when I, uh, <laughs> February 27th was when we had the special magistrate hearing, which should never have been held. Uh, lots of reasons why, uh, but the magistrate didn't have jurisdiction to start it. And uh, the city was legally prohibited from doing that because they didn't jump through the bunch of legal hoops they were supposed to do anyway. Anyway, that hearing ended up being, uh, we were there for three and a half hours. And in the end, the judge went above and beyond, far above and beyond what his authority was. Uh, and he ordered a bunch of things, including that the city could supposedly, where's my little cheat sheet where I talk about what the, um, okay, no joke. In the three orders regarding my privacy fence, my thousands of pavers that my husband and I literally have put blood, sweat, and tears into, and um, the two shipping containers, because we have no garage and city code requires us to have a garage. Uh, and he's saying, the magistrate is saying that uh, the code classifies our shipping containers as garages. At any rate, he said in these orders that the city uh, is supposedly al allowed now, um, as of yesterday, to enter onto our property, remove our pavers, shipping containers, and privacy fence that goes the entire perimeter of the backyard, uh, dispose of our shipping containers, pavers, and fence, charge us for removing that property from our homestead, use those charges to create a lien not only against our real estate, but against our personal property as well. And to absolve Ormond Beach from any kind of damage or loss that they caused to us. No joke. He literally tried to give them full immunity 
from any damages that they cause to the remainder of our property or to our house or whatever by having all this done. Now, there's nowhere anywhere in Florida law that allows them to do that. In fact, just like a side note for those of you wondering, even if they had said, oh, this is a case of blight or slum or nuisance, which it's not, and they haven't even alleged that, even if they said that, Florida law specifically says in two locations that you cannot take someone's property, even if it's nuisance or blight or slum, because it doesn't meet the heightened requirement of a public use that you would take something for as protected by or required by the Florida and United States constitutions. Yes, I know you guys have all heard of the eminent domain concept or the takings clause, but the Fifth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution and certainly portions in chapter or article one of the Florida State Constitution specifically prohibit the government from taking private property unless just compensation is paid and, of course, unless due process is provided. Now, in the state of Florida, this, the eminent domain um, provisions are in chapter 73. And there's state laws that say that there's chapter 127 of Florida statute, chapter 163, chapter 166. Those serve to further restrict the government on how they try to use eminent domain or take someone's property. Now, in my case, they didn't even tell me that they were trying to take my property. They just told me they were trying to regulate it, which can be a taking. Don't get me wrong. But they literally gave me zero notice whatsoever that they were trying to physically come and take my property at the end of this. And so at the end of the hearing, he verbally issues an order. I'm trying to write down everything going on. I had to wait a whole week to get the paper copy sent to me because they refused to email it to me. Uh, and uh, I had to wait for it to come in the mail. And uh, then I spent the next two weeks, I think it was, uh, putting together my, um, you know, getting together my appeal notes and everything else. Uh, I shared with you, I want to say it was either week 11 or week 12. I gave you guys the information on how to put together your case, how to represent yourself, how to put together an appeal, or maybe it's just a, a, a civil case, whether it's defending yourself in a criminal case, what steps you need to do literally step by step, how to look through the court rules, how to write yourself a list of all the documents you need to put together, uh, how to make sure you're serving them and filing them correctly. We went through step by step and we'll kind of just briefly touch on some of those concepts later on. Um, but in so doing, um, you know, I followed their rules. I'm not a Florida licensed attorney. I'm just like you. I'm just an average citizen here. I mean, I grew up in Florida, but that doesn't mean I know anything more about the rules, uh, the court rules, the Florida statutes or anything like that. So um, I'm just an average citizen who has read all the court rules multiple times, who has uh, read the court cases and read all of the Florida statutes uh, and, you know, has put together, uh, I certainly read the city code here uh, in the city of Ormond Beach. Um, and so at any rate, um, I did my due diligence. I did my homework 
And, and here's the thing. I want to make sure that I'm following all the rules. I want to make sure that they don't throw out my case for some procedural garbage and say, oh, so you didn't do this. You didn't fill out that form. You didn't pay that fee at that time. So, yep, you, you know, the city can do whatever they want. They just automatically win and we're going to go from there. No way was I going to let that happen. But here are the six things that they, uh, that the system was trying to hang me up on. Number one, court file number. I filed my notice of appeal, which starts the jurisdiction in the appellate court, which in this situation, it's the circuit court. The circuit court's jurisdiction begins when I start that, when I file that and serve that notice of appeal, which I did properly. Um, and uh, that started on, on March 24th. By last Monday, a week ago today, on April 3rd, I still didn't have, 10 days later, I still didn't have a court file number. That meant I could not file a single other document, nothing. I had an emergency motion I had to file. Uh, let me put it this way. Let me back up and tell you. Okay, so March 24th, I not only filed that notice of appeal, which I have shared with you guys. Um, I also, as part of that exact same document later on, I, I made it a notice of joinder telling them that as part of my appeal, I'm also required under compulsory counterclaim court rules to bring in any, any counterclaims I have against them. Okay. And, and most jurisdictions, if not all of them have that kind of a rule. If there's some sort of counterclaim that I have against them, that's involving that same thing, because it's a civil case, which this is, then I have to bring those, those claims against them in the, at the same, in the same case. Okay. So it's a compulsory, a mandatory counterclaim. So I let them know I'm not only countersuing against the city of Orange Beach, but I'm also countersuing the uh, individuals personally responsible or personally involved, um, not in their professional capacities, but they went above and beyond. They went beyond the scope of their authority. So I'm suing them in their individual capacities as well. And I put them on notice that I will add other people, other parties, as it seems appropriate, as the facts develop, basically, as I learn more about the situation. So um, at any rate, uh, that's what I, I put them on notice on March 24th. Now, March 24th, I also, in addition to giving a copy or serving the lower court with that, and the deputy city attorney who was at my hearing, and that's the one I've been dealing with, and the code enforcement officer and her supervisor, in addition to all of them being served that, and, and the judge's um, assistant, I had to look up all their emails because none of this is, is put out in a public forum. It's not put on their their website so it's easy to understand how to file these documents, where you bring them to. Um, but I, I did the, the work and I wanted to do it not in person. I wanted to do it by email so that I had a record of who got it and when they got it and you know where I sent it to, et cetera. So anyway, on that same day that I served them with that notice, uh, I also filed with the special magistrate, the original judge that heard the case, right? He's a retired judge that's now a special magistrate. I, I sent to him an emergency motion for a request to um, give me relief from the order because it was legally void because he didn't have the authority to do what he did. And um, also for a stay, if there's any portion of his order that he thought was still legally acceptable that I was asking for him to push pause on that and issue a stay during my appeal. 
Now, why did I ask him for that? Because obviously he's not going to want to give that to me. He's the one that made the orders. Why? Because court rule almost always in most jurisdictions, if not all, tell you that you have to ask the trial court or the lower court for that stay before you can go and ask the appellate court. Happens in Michigan and it happens here. In my Allegan County case in Michigan, I had to ask the district court judge for a stay uh, while my appeal was pending, which he denied. Um, and But I had to ask him before I asked for that stay at the appellate court level. Same thing here in the civil case down here in Florida, the court rules require you to ask that lower tribunal first. So that's what I did. Now, there's also uh, a notion in all jurisdictions that judges have a reasonable time within which that they're supposed to provide a response to motions, certainly emergency motions, okay? And why was this an emergency motion? Because uh, part of what the judge did that was illegal and improper was that he, he shortcutted a bunch of different processes that were supposed to happen. In the order with the special magistrate, he's not supposed to say they have the authority to come on my property, let alone take and destroy my property. Um, and, and even issue the fines. Those are supposed to be done in multiple different procedures that further protect our rights. And in other words, it's called due process of law. Well, he shortchanged me on due process completely. He hit fast forward. He used his staples easy button and he gave them an order right, you know, right away that said they get to, you know, pass go or whatever the stupid monopoly analogy would be there. And um, and they were allowed to just come and illegally take my property and destroy it. And when was it? It was scheduled to happen yesterday already, April 10th. That's a very short amount of time for me to get all the, the legal documents together and all the appeals, because it's not just me going to the higher court and say, hey, help. No, I have to read all the court rules. I have to know all their procedures. I have to, even though I don't have an attorney, I'm still expected as a pro se litigant, just as you would be, I'm still expected to know the law, to know the procedures and to follow them. We don't get a, a free pass just because uh, we don't have uh, legal counsel, uh, even if I wasn't an attorney. So at any rate, I... Um, I had to put all that together and it's been a lot, I mean, a lot of hours to get all this done. And so I did it all and then served them with this motion on March 24th. Well, uh, that gave him a little over two, two and a half weeks, but he didn't have two and a half weeks because why? Well, if he wasn't going to grant my motion, if he was going to deny it or what have you, I needed to be able to file the motion and ask for the stay from the next court, from the circuit court, and they needed to have enough time. Now, um, I didn't put in here, but I, I did put it in my motion documents, which you have um, a copy of. Um, in fact, I guess I can pull it out of court rules for you. So um, let me see here. Um, I wanted to give you reference. Okay, so in Florida, the Florida Court Rule 2.215F says that a judge or magistrate has the duty to rule upon and announce an order or judgment on every matter submitted to that judge within a reasonable time. 
Now, given all of these circumstances and the time frames that he created, not me, and they're not time frames that the law allowed for, his reasonable time to answer, I think uh, the 10 days that I gave him was plenty, especially since I know that he received it on March 24th. How do I know that? Because of something on my end with the computer program that I have. Now, here's the frustrating part. I asked them all, all those people I mentioned, uh, the judge, the judge's secretary, the um, code improvement or the, the code enforcement officer, her supervisor, and the deputy city attorney, all of them who've been in communication about this and been involved. Okay. So all of them, I e emailed this document to each of them and I asked them to confirm receipt, not their approval, but just to confirm that they received it because it's an official court filing. And at the very least, the assistant or the person acting as the court clerk uh, who's filing these documents, she at the very least needs to acknowledge that they have gotten it and filed it appropriately. Now, we're still, we're, oh, you know, two and a half weeks plus later, and they have yet to acknowledge that they received the email or the pleadings that I sent them. Not one of them responded in any way that they received my pleadings and they are acting in accordance with whatever rules or laws, nothing. Not even that they're filed. The judge, uh, retired judge serving as the magistrate didn't even bother responding even to say that he's denying my motion because then he would have to explain why. He can't explain it because he violated so many laws he can't even count them all. So what does that mean? Well, I did my due diligence. I have a computer program that the reason why I painstakingly emailed all of them individually is because my program was then able to, to um, track it and I could see how many times each and every one of them opened the email and when. So I knew that by um, Sunday, April 2nd, that the total of the four or five of them that received that those documents and that motion that they opened those emails 38 times in that nine or 10 days and that every single one of them five of them five people every single one of them opened it on march 24th so they knew the entire time what was there and you better believe that I used screenshots and everything else I needed to show the circuit court I did my due diligence and they can't even be bothered to respond. Um, Lori, I saw that there might've been something up there. Maybe I'm losing it. Um, if there's something I need to um, address, please let me know. Um, thank goodness our founding fathers knew how tyrants operate and got us ready for their evil tricks. That's Melanie on YouTube. Yes, yes. And I think our constitution does a good job at laying out the protections for us. We just need to make sure that we're following it, that everyone is following it, and we're exposing the truth and educating ourselves and each other on the law and the constitution so that we can have those protections and truly be ready. Um, Please don't call them code enforcement officers. They're merely employees and deserve zero respect. Uh, oh, it's not an issue of respect. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm explaining, uh, that was the Liberty Cause commenting on YouTube. I'm explaining their title for reference, uh, ease of reference for those 
who don't know the situation that well. The Liberty Cause here was there that day, sat to the full hearing. He has seen uh, every single one of these documents I have filed, et cetera. So he knows the case intimately. Uh, but for those who don't know the case as well and want to follow along and, and get, you know, garner the information they need, I'm going to use the terms that can best help in a short amount of time. Man, it's hot in my office. Um, anyway, and I'm a little bit uh, ticked off about the whole situation, so that doesn't help either. So, um, all right, guys, uh, where was I? Okay, so court file number. I went to go file that that motion then with the next highest court, and I couldn't do it. Why? Because I didn't have a court file number. The, the button to file documents or submit, I think is what it's called in the Florida um, court filing system, literally did not appear. I knew where the button was supposed to be, and it wasn't there because they still hadn't given me a court file number. And it took me calling the courthouse multiple times. I finally got someone who knew what they were talking about, was kind and very helpful, and has helped walk this case through. Um, but she she couldn't even give it a court file number because it's a different department. But she contacted all those people and their supervisors directly by email and explained it to them and asked them to make sure they got it in because there's an emergency motion that needed to be filed, among other things we'll talk about in a second. And so it took a lot of persistence on my part to, to tell them, I need a court file number. If you guys can't get me one today, then tell me how it is that I can go to the courthouse, which one I have to go to, which window, whatever, so that I can file this emergency motion. Now, there's a, a, a slide I'm going to share with you in a, in a little bit here. But um, anyway, the, um, the oh, see, and I should have been. That's why. Okay. This is the slide. Um, so number one, you need to be accurate and prepared that's why I was talking about the, the the lessons that we had gone over, the shows that we had talked about um, prior episodes where, where I was educating you on how to represent yourself with the different steps and, and different angles of, of talking about that and being prepared. Um, you need to be accurate. You need to read everything. Don't trust somebody else. Don't get some Cliff Notes version. Read the court rules yourself. And if you need somebody, some other book or something else to help walk you through it, okay, great. Use it as an, a secondary reference to walk you through it, but read it for yourself, okay? And and be fully prepared. You've got to put the time into it. Do we have this time in a day? No, I don't have this time to deal with this garbage. Neither do you, but guess what? My freedom is worth it. My rights are worth it. The rights of my kids and my family and our entire rest of our lives here that we're setting up, it's worth it. Number two, be respectful and be kind. Now, I'll, uh, quite a few government employees, court employees, uh, neighborhood improvement division, code enforcement officers, whatever, quite a few of them think that they are just doing their job, that they're following the rules, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And if they don't understand what you're bringing at them, they don't understand how they're a cog in the true system of justice or how they're uh, part of the heavy hand that is smashing you down on utilizing your own God-given liberties, um, most of them, it's out of ignorance. It's out of just not understanding. It's not out of malice, okay? And they're all human. We are all human. So you need to do your absolute best to maintain civility and be respectful and kind because number one, you're going to get more bees with honey than you are with vinegar, right? Number two, 
there's nothing that they can show. I mean, look at that. Watch that whole three, three and a half hours, whatever it was, of a hearing. I think the only parts that made it into the video because they had taken breaks. Um, I think the only parts that made it into the video were just under three hours total. But watch the whole three hours. I'm not, I'm not calling them names. I'm not, you know, yelling and screaming at them. I'm, I'm keeping my cool. I'm being respectful. Uh, and I'm being kind. Okay. So, um, even after the judge verbally issued his order and I was like, what just happened? He called me up to the bench right after that. And uh, I think you'll see this in the video. He called me up right afterwards to congratulate me on a job well done, to make sure to firmly shake my hand and look me in the eye and tell me that I did a great job. Now I could have been like, screw you and walked away, but that's not, what good is that going to do? That's not going to make my case any better. So be respectful and be kind because you never know when doing the opposite might come back and bite you. Be persistent though. Just being respectful and being kind doesn't mean that if you have the law or the court rules or the constitution or, or whatever on your side, that that somehow means that you need to be, well, sorry, I heard a very loud sound and I'm a little anxious ridden uh, about the crap they're trying to pull here. So I had to make sure I wasn't hearing some bulldozer trying to tear up my yard as we speak. Um, but uh, Laura, you can leave that, that one up there. I'll, I'll get to it. I just want to finish this thought. But being persistent means that you can be kind and respectful, but keep having a reasonable follow-up with phone calls or by email or if you're in person. Um, for example, if you guys, any of you know of James Madison Audits, uh, one of my new friends, super grateful to have him in my corner. He actually lives like just five miles away or something like that. So he was able to come physically out to our house yesterday because we were, uh, and we'll get to that part in a minute, but we were stopped from getting the court order, uh, the stay. It, it There was maybe kind of supposedly a, a stay that had been issued by the circuit court, but no one had seen it and I couldn't get it. And the court was closed unannounced on Friday. The, it was a whole big mess, right? Anyway, I had some freedom fighters that came out from all across the county uh, to be here to literally park on my pavers and park in front of my fence and stop them from tearing up my property. And, um, and then once we got some, a little bit of good news for the day, he wanted to make sure that they knew at, at code enforcement. And so he wanted to make sure that they had the circuit court order in their hands and they refused to take it from him. Now they're in the same building as the police department. So if you guys watch his video, it's 16 minutes long. Uh, we shared it. I think uh, shared a link to it earlier today. If not, we'll share it again. Um, but we um it was it's a good video uh don't judge how crappy my house looks right now because it's it's not done i mean we definitely have more stuff we have to do and certainly painting it and finish cleaning it up uh we still have our hurricane barrier cinder blocks and things there because uh getting hammered with two back-to-back -back hurricanes at the end of the season last year was uh really scary uh so anyway um you know, but it's a good video, 16 minutes, and it explains it, but it shows him being persistent. And then this is a public service also showed up to the to the police station there, trying to make sure they could just get this document 
in the hands of the people who would be responsible for physically tearing out the papers and, and everything else. Um, so they were um, persistent. And then you could see in their video that they were appreciative of the, um, I don't know if he was a captain or sergeant or whoever he was at the Ormond Beach Police Department who finally just accepted the court order, the document, and gave them a receipt that he had received it. They were appreciative and they thanked him. And, and that's the kind of thing that you need to make sure you're doing is that you're recognizing that people are human. You want to reward when they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, when they're doing something good, uh, that you're affirming that they're on the right track and that they need to keep doing that kind of thing. And, and yet being persistent uh, when, and being prepared when they're not doing the right thing. Um, okay, so Scottish One on YouTube says, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a, a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety with Benjamin Franklin. So yes, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I noticed that Melanie on YouTube says that uh, the James Madison audits was way more persistent than they could handle. Um, and she said, I saw that so proud and so disgusted at the same time. Yeah, so, and it looks like Lori, um, Lori also shared it as well. And thank you to the Liberty Cause for letting me know that that video had been posted um, because I, I wasn't aware that it had uh, gone out exactly as it did. So anyway, all right. So here's what I want you to do. Um, I want you to reference uh, the prior episodes and things where we were talking about how to prepare. I think it was uh, episode 12, might've been 11. Um, but from this season, where I was, there was a slide, I borrowed the slide, it had a different color because um, it was brand new then. Anyway, uh, where I was telling you to go back through all your notes and your court rules to identify and start listing all the documents that are needed. And the example I showed you, this was my written notes of the two pages of all the, all these um, red ones where the, the red ink, um, where that's the whole stinking list of things that I'm thinking I'm going to need to file or maybe that I already know that I need to file. And as you see over here, if you can tell, um, right off to the left of each one, I have the court rule or statute that applies to that. So if I need to go back and find out which one it is, I have an easy reference. Now, some of them have several court rules or statutes. And so I, you know, made sure to put them all there. Okay. So, um, also, as far as uh, knowing what you've got to do, right? Um, your, yeah, something's not quite, some slides are not showing up quite right. Anyway, um, I left some of the slides in here and you guys will have this as we always do on Thursday for the Constitution segment recap, um, where I was giving you guys information on, you know, making sure you're revising to making sure you're accurately quoting the statutes, court rules, et cetera, that you're double checking your procedural requirements before you file, uh, that you're, again, double checking procedural rules, et cetera. Uh, so these are from prior slides, um, making sure that you have all the documents that you need, that you're e-filing them appropriately and serving them appropriately. Um, again, I was walking you through that process, obviously something, uh, processes that I use, right? Um, so we talked about the court file number and I was able to use that persistence, preparation, kindness, respect, a uh, whole combination thereof, and eventually gratitude to the people that finally were able to assist me in getting that court file. So then I was able to upload my motion for the circuit court judge 
to have a chance to look at and issue the stay uh, during the appeal. Now, um, next, <laughs> here's the next snafu that I had. So um, as you all know, there's always court filing fees when you file a, a case. Sometimes there's a fee for filing a motion. Sometimes there's a fee, there's you know, almost always a fee for filing a brand new case, et cetera. So I knew that there would be a court filing fee, but I didn't see it anywhere in the statutes or the court rules what exactly the fees were. So I, I figured I wasn't going to worry about it because I knew that the electronic e-filing system that Florida has, it would it sets the fee. I don't get to change that. I don't set it. It, it is what it is. So I picked, now this might be a little uh, hard to understand why, but when I filed my notice of appeal, which is, again, remember I said that's the document that I have to file to start the case in circuit court. And... Um, and that's literally, that is the start of the of my appeal case in the circuit court. I filed my notice of appeal under the checkbox. You pick which one. Is it a motion? Is it this? Is it a proposed order? Whatever. I picked the one that said, now brace yourself, notice of appeal. Yes, you heard me right. I picked notice of appeal to file my notice of appeal it automatically assigned $100 for a court filing fee. And I'm like, okay, sweet. I, that's a lot more palatable than, you know, three, $400. So, okay, whatever. Um, anyway, when I was on the phone with them last Monday, several court staff told me, well, you didn't pay $400. And we had this whole, I'm not even going to bore you with the whole roundabout. Well, you have to pay $400 to open a brand new case here. Well, do you have a case? Well, and I said, listen, I filed it as a notice of appeal. Well, yeah, that was your problem. You filed it as a notice of appeal. It's only going to charge you $100 that way. Um, there was no other option. How are you suggesting that I file my notice of appeal? Anyway, this is what they told me to do. That I either had to send in a check, which obviously wasn't going to get it done anytime soon, or I had to go on their system. And when I was getting ready to file my documents, my, my emergency motion and everything, I had to request 300 non-certified copies of a document because that would then end up putting 300 additional dollars of charges on my credit card and then I could go forward. Of course, that sounds super shady as I'll get out. Why do I want to say that I'm signing up for 300 non-certified copies of anything if I don't want them? Well, despite so many people telling me that they wouldn't do that, I did that. Yeah, land of the fees. Exactly, Melanie, on YouTube. I did that because in that moment, that's one of the roadblocks that I had. So I didn't get around it. But I suppose you could say they helped give me a, a, a way around the roadblock of not having to deal with my case being held up because the full 400 wasn't paid um, or because the system wasn't... Uh, you know, calibrated correctly to charge me the full amount that I needed. So I put in for the 300 non-certified copies and it charged me that plus, you know, their, their credit card fee. Um, and then I was able to get my documents. So civil cover sheet. Then they tell me, um, once a case, there's a question from Michigan. Stairset Plants on YouTube asks, once a case or court number is closed in the register of actions, which is the official like record of, of the series of things that a case has, 
can the defendant act as a plaintiff under that same court file number and do additional actions? Generally not. Once a case is closed, it's closed and you would have to file a motion to reopen it and you could never switch from the defendant to the plaintiff, um, generally speaking, but you could become a counter plaintiff uh, if you're a defendant. Uh, it just depends. Um, <laughs> staring at plants is nice. Um, no, they didn't give me 300 receipts, Joe is asking on Facebook. They did not. Luckily, it was uh, just the one confirma confirmation. Um, and uh, no price tag for justice. There should not be. It is the most disgusting thing ever and definitely something we need to change. But uh, yeah. Um, okay. All right. Uh, let me see here. Hold on. The Liberty Cause says... Uh, on YouTube. They just need to do their damn job. They don't deserve accolades for simply doing their job. It's almost impossible to fire them. So we should at least expect they do their job. Now, I don't disagree with you, Liberty Cause. I'm just saying that, first of all, most of the people watching this are Christian. And how is Christ asking us to proceed in our daily affairs. It's not to be raving lunatics and screaming y'all when we don't get our way or, or when something goes wrong. We're supposed to handle it with respect and dignity, et cetera, and be persistent. Uh, we can be angry, but we can be respectful. Um, and the other thing is, is, is more of a practical manner. I'm not saying that, you know, by law, uh, there's a procedure that says you have to be kind to them in order for them to do their job. No, I'm just saying as a practical matter, you're probably going to get them to help you more and and follow through better uh, if if you are kinder and, and showing respect than if you're not. I mean, take it or leave it. That's just, that's just what it is. Um, okay. Um, Jane and uh, my good, wonderful friend, Jane, who hopefully is moving down here soon, uh, says... Michigan courts are as corrupt as it gets, but Florida sounds like a very close second. I'm sorry you're going through this insanity. Yes, and you're one that definitely has been around me long enough to know that, um, yeah, I am a magnet for any of the government crazies to come out. Uh, they come out for me, that's for sure. Um, all right, so in um, some jurisdictions, when you have a civil case, you have to file some sort of civil cover sheet or something, especially if uh, it's an e-filing system, it might just be an actual answering questions in their system, but where they need to know what kind of case it is and how much money is being sued for or whatever. There's all kinds of questions on there, who the parties are. It gives them all the information they need so they can plug it all in and get the case properly up and running. That's fine, right? Um, in fact, in Florida, the Florida Rules of Court Procedure um, 1.100 subdivision D talks about this civil cover sheet, has a form number and everything, and that it must be completed and filed with the clerk when an initial complaint or petition is filed. Okay, that makes sense. Um, if it's not filed, the clerk must still accept it, but all proceedings um, no, no action can be taken. So it's filed, but no action steps can be taken until it is properly um, completed and filed. However, the last sentence, which I have put in bold for you guys, is this is what it says. The clerk must complete the civil cover sheet for a party appearing pro se. In Michigan, it's called in pro per. In Florida, it's called pro se. 
In Minnesota, it's called pro se. Uh, it is where you are representing yourself. Okay. That's what I am. I'm not, I'm representing myself. No matter what, I'm representing myself. Now, this lady was saying she wasn't going to process anything and, you know, get my motion in front of a judge until I filed the civil cover sheet. Now, I don't know what this really means to them. I don't know, you know, what they could do with it. All I know is this word must right here, clerk must. It doesn't give me the option. It doesn't say that I can do it if I feel like it or if I feel like I'm, <coughs> excuse me, informed enough that I can handle it myself. It says must. So I'm thinking I'm going to follow the court rules and I'm going to be persistent. And I told her, in fact, for those of you who followed my Wednesday Way to Get Involved challenge for uh, week 12, I shared with you the two-page document of my notice to appeal, my notice of joinder. It was my certificate of service. It was only two pages. And I said, read it, guys. Just read it so you can get an idea. It's got four different things going on at all at the same time. Uh, great, you know, easy, quick read to just get an idea of, of how notices and things work in the court. Okay, well, the third part, after the notice of joinder, before the certificate of service, I had in there something that no one, I'm sure, has ever put in there ever before in their lives. What is it? I called it um, acknowledgement of civil cover sheet or something like that. And then I put in there that we were, my husband and I were acknowledging that uh, under, under this court rule, that there is a civil cover sheet that must be prepared, but that the court rule requires the circuit court clerk to complete it for us because we are appearing pro se. It was a CYA move. That is the only reason why I put that in there. And lo and behold, here they are telling me they're going to try to reject acting on any of my motions or doing anything on my file unless I violate the rule and try to jump through additional hoops. So again, this is just helping you to understand even the most simple of things. Why, you know, some people might look at it and say, oh, well, pick your battles or whatever. It's not about that. I just don't want to, I don't know what reason they have for saying the court has to complete it because it doesn't, it doesn't give me the option. I am not going to give them any ability to say, oh, we're going to dismiss your case because you're not, you're, you know, you think you know better than we do and, and you're not following our court rules. Oh no, I'm going to follow the court rules. I am darn sure going to follow those court rules. So, um, Stairs at Plant says, must is the same as shall with a question mark. Yes, must and shall are the exact same wording. It's not just a legal term of art. That's literally, you know, in a, a Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, for example, must and shall mean the exact same thing. So at any rate, they ended up saying they would do that. I never even saw it. It's not even showing on the docket, but I was told that it was done. And so my case is proceeding. So, okay. Now, here we go. Denying my designation of transcript. So we talked about this. Um, I think I talked about it a little bit in week 12, but I also talked about it a couple times uh, where we're talking about the stages of appeal. How do you do an appeal? We've done a few episodes on that. And um, one of the things I talked to you about is that 
most of the time you're going to be required to get a full copy of the transcript or at least the portion of of the hearing that applies to whatever issue that you're appealing okay so if you had a two-day trial and the issues that you're having all happened on day one you can request just day one pay for that and submit it and if the other side seems to think that day two is relevant then they can have the burden of, of getting that but you and this is Michigan, Florida, and probably um, every other state. I'm just not sure, but it happens in Michigan and Florida. Okay, so so you have to get your transcript. Okay, now in Michigan they actually have court reporters and they pick them. You don't do all that in Florida. You got to organize all that crap on your own, which is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard of. But it is what it is. So I found a court reporter. She seems to be a wonderful human being, in the know, you know, doing a good job, uh, whatever. Okay, so um, we've been stopped at almost every step along the way with trying to get this done, trying to get it ordered, trying to get her there, trying to whatever, all of these things, even though it's what I'm required to do. Well, in Florida, uh, we talked about this before, so the court rules and stuff, specifics we've already talked about, but in Florida, just as a reminder, when you want to file an appeal of, say, uh, um, you know, your local government, uh, like with me, a special magistrate hearing, and I want to appeal to the next level or something like that. You have to um, not only request the transcript, but you have to put it on a form called a designation of transcript. And then at the bottom of it, the court reporter has to sign the acknowledgement saying, yes, I understand what they're asking me to put in, you know, to transcribe. And I understand who they're saying it needs to be sent to. So I had to say to her, email it to this person, this person, and this person when you've got it done. So anyway, I they so I'm telling her, and then she's acknowledging, yep, I get it. I, I can follow these directions. Then court rule actually says she's supposed to file it. Okay. She tried to file it. Now she emailed the this this notice, uh, this designation to everybody she was supposed to. And then she says to me, I don't know what to do because I can't seem to file this online. There's no court file number because there wasn't one yet. She said, um, I also, I called the court and they're just saying it doesn't apply. It only applies in civil and criminal cases. And I just said, don't worry about it. I'll handle it. But my mind goes, why would the court say that? How many other kinds of cases do they think there are civil and criminal? Uh, yeah, it, it's one of those, right? And it's not criminal. So it's civil. So are they saying I'm not required to get a transcript? That's certainly not what the court rule says. I'm not going to take their word for it. I'm not going to let them have me miss a, a, a requirement. Now, here's the thing. Not only am I required to do that, I was required to request that transcript and have that acknowledgement and that designation filled out, signed and filed within 10 days of filing that notice of appeal. Same thing that you would be. Guess when the 10th day was? last Monday, and they still hadn't given me a court file number, so we couldn't file it. At any rate, that's another thing that even though they said uh, it, it didn't apply and they were given the, the, the transcriptionist a hard time and giving her the runaround, part of it was something I had to sign and acknowledge and part of it was for her. So I told her, don't worry about it, I'll file it. And that was my workaround. Once I got that court file number, I uploaded it with my other documents at the same time as my emergency motion so that it was clear that it was done and nobody could try to dismiss my case without it. Okay, now fast forward. 
I've been checking back with them multiple times to make sure once I um, once I e-filed my documents, apparently they still have to go through many other people before they're processed this way and that way and this way and that way and, and finally make it into the final court system, let alone get actually physically in front of the judge. So I kept having to call every day last week. Okay, okay, is it in front of the judge now? How's it doing? Whatever. Okay, so Wednesday, no, sorry, Thursday, I, I finally get a hold of the judge's clerk. And I said, okay, here's the situation. This is who I am. I have this emergency motion. The city thinks they're coming out on Monday, which was yesterday. They think they're coming out in just a few days to literally rip up my property. Um, I'm, at the very least, if the judge doesn't want to sign my proposed order saying how it's void and all that stuff, at least push pause, at least issue the stay. And she said, okay, well, um, I do see that the judge signed an order yesterday. And I said, oh, wonderful. Can I get a copy? Well, that was a whole nother thing. No, I couldn't get a copy yet. I said, okay, what does it say? And, and I didn't realize she was reading it verbatim, but she said, well, it's ordering the city to file a response within 10 days from yesterday. Oh, so she issued the, the order yesterday. She said, yes. I said, okay, great. So in there, it does it says then that they can't, that, you know, the stay is at least in place for that 10 days. And she said, well, that's a good question. She put me on hold for a very long time. And then she came back and she said, well, you know, the judge is wondering this and that and whatever. And so at any rate came down to, well, um, the judge may issue uh, an amended order, but I, you know, I need to make some phone calls and then I'll call you back as soon as I have an answer. Okay. It was the afternoon on Thursday. I could be patient, um, persistent, but patient trying to balance that. Well, uh, there's only like half an hour or so left in the day before at least I could keep calling her. Then the phone systems don't allow me to call in after four o'clock. So I patiently waited. She didn't call. I kept my phone by me till six o'clock just in case still no call. No problem. I will call Monday morning. I called several times. I left me uh, one message, but I called several times. Finally called the original lady who had been helpful in a different office. Um, and uh, her voicemail alerted me to the fact that the court was closed on Monday or Friday. And I went, ah, they're coming on Monday and nothing is getting updated in the court system. I'm not seeing anything online. Uh, so that's why I was pretty freaked out as of yesterday morning and had people show up to park on the pavers and make sure they weren't illegally removed, et cetera. And so I ended up finding out that, yes, that that order that was issued on last Wednesday said um, it was pretty simple. You guys can see it. I put it on online. Uh, I think it's restorefreedomkh.com slash OB case. But it simply said having reviewed the motion in the court file it is ordered and adjudged that the appellee city of ormond beach shall file a response to the emergency motion within 10 days that was it there was no stay there was no nothing and so but this wasn't i still didn't even have a copy of this yet so i was like oh my gosh this is a problem so then i ended up figuring out yesterday that the judge did issue a second order. In fact, it was after I'd spoken with the uh, judge's secretary or clerk or whatever um, on Thursday afternoon, even though I didn't get that call back at 4.20 p.m. Again, that would have been 20 minutes after I would have been able to even call in on Thursday. 
an, an additional order was issued where it says that it is ordered in a judge that the appellee, so the city of Ormond Beach, shall file a response to the emergency motion within 10 days from now the date was Monday, within 10 days from Monday. So they get an additional five days. And any action taken on the orders finding violation entered by that special magistrate shall be stayed pending the court's review of the city's response that is supposed to be filed, et cetera. So you guys can see that too. Both of those are only one page long and they're on the website, my website. So um, anyway, it was something where my persistence, but my respect, my kindness, but accuracy and attention to detail, my preparedness and my persistence paid off. And I was able to see it through so that I not only uh, was, you know, the court was getting them to ordering them to file a response, but that I was protected in the meantime so that they couldn't illegally come and remove my property. And that's why James Madison audits, once we finally got this copy, James Madison audits wanted to bring that very order over to the city of Ormond beach neighborhood improvement division to make sure that the people actually removing the pavers were going to receive that order so that the city attorney couldn't say later, Oh, we couldn't get a hold of them. And in the meantime, they came and took all your stuff and damaged it. I'm not playing their games. No way, but it wasn't over. So when I found out that there were orders sitting there, I said, well, how do I get a copy? Oh, well, we're weeks behind, you know, it's going to take a while before you can get the, the orders online or even get them emailed to you. I said, can I get them in person? Well, yeah, not yet. They're not processed yet, you know, but you can, and then you have to pay a fee. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So she said, the problem is you have to file a designation of email form as a non-represented party. And I said, wait a minute. I've actually been registered with your system online for two years and I instigated this lawsuit. I started this in your e-filing system where I consented to receive things by email. In fact, I'm the one that put the email addresses in so that my husband also receives copies of documents as well as all the people in the city that I had been serving that they get them as well so that we're covered on the basis, you know, everything's properly served and we're good. And they said, well, you still need this form. Okay, how do I get this form? It's a paper form. Oh my goodness. Do I have to go to the courthouse to fill this out or is it available online? Well, she didn't know off the top of her head, but she did go to the court website. She found it. I was able to uh, get it saved, fill it in, whatever. So I do appreciate that my persistence, um, but kindness and respect was able to result in getting the form. Now here's the thing, then my form is sitting there and it's also waiting in the backlog of documents to be properly docketed. So luckily I was able to contact the same person at the circuit court clerk's office in DeLand uh, here in Volusia County. And she was able to see that form that the judge's assistant told me I needed and to see that there were two orders now that are there and signed, but just needing to get processed and she was able to, again, contact the people that are responsible for doing that, asking them because of this emergency nature of things to get them processed and, and filed, which they did. Therefore, because my designation of email was pr processed first, when the two orders were processed, I was then able to go back uh, to receive the copies of those orders and get served. So I got notice as soon as they were sent. So a lot of hard work. And it's something that most people 
you know, you're not going to know about these things. If I didn't know about them, the average person's certainly not going to know about them, but it just takes that persistence in working through all that. Holy crap. Where has the time gone? I am so sorry. Um, this is, <laughs> I don't know why it's doing this. It's turning most, I'll say half of the emojis that are coming through on YouTube today, it's turning into, um, I don't know, it's turning into describing an emoji rather than showing me an emoji, which is really kind of blowing my mind here. All right. So like I said, if you want to see any of these documents, you can go to restorefreedomkh.com slash case. And um, it's not just the documents that I filed in court um, or the circuit court orders, but we have some new things on there as well. In the meantime, I've also filed a criminal complaint, nine different counts against the four people involved, the deputy city attorney, the uh, code enforcement officer, her supervisor, and the special magistrate. I put right on there um, how and why they are each in violation of nine criminal statutes. Some of them were eight, the rest were nine. Um, and anyway, so you can see that full document on there as well as I filed an actual official land development code complaint of violation against the city of Ormond Beach for the park that's just a few blocks from my house that has a pods container there for the last 26 months, even though supposedly you can only keep them for 30 days. And the city attorney's own property, the office of the city attorney, which has had work without a permit, which has had uh, a structure sitting right on the property line, which supposedly violates the same code they're saying that, that my stuff does. And their parking is totally inadequate and violates the city code. It's, it's dirt and grass. Yesterday it was mud um, and uh, maybe a little bit of mulch or stone, but it's certainly none of the approved services required by the land development code and so they want to pull out my papers that meet the land development code, but they don't even want to have to be uh, required to, fill, to you know, fulfill the requirements of the land development code themselves. Not happening. And I finally, a month and a half later, I finally received just yesterday the official minutes from the hearing yesterday, not the transcript, the thing that's going to cost me thousands of dollars to get. Uh, but these are the official minutes, which actually are a lot more robust than I thought they would be. Um, so you guys can access all that. If any of you are interested in helping support this cause, uh, which again is not just going to help us, but is going to help pave that way to correct the course of action in this city, in this county, in this state and beyond for all homeowners who don't have the know-how, the knowledge or the resources to be able to take on this fight when local government officials uh, go rogue in this sense, um, please consider supporting through our Give, Send, Go link, which is givesendgo.com slash save Henry home. And uh, this link has been shared on our social media and our website. Um, it's also on that page. But um, anyway, 
it is there. So I am not sure what's happening. I am not clicking anything and it's doing its own thing. All right. So I did leave on uh, the, the slideshows that you'll see on Thursday, the video where it's a three minute video where I explain a little bit more of the details of the case. Um, make sure as always that you jump on board tomorrow to see our Wednesday way to get involved challenge. Again, as I referenced several times in today's full episode, check back on Thursday for our constitution segment recap video and uh, Friday for our freedom fighting tools, as well as on Saturday, we always have the restore freedom goodie, either a way to a specific cause within the restore freedom movement to support financially, or if you want to check out one of our, um, uh, pop sockets. I mean, this one, shoot, this has been on for years. These things are amazing um, and super cheap. I mean, cheaper than you can find at the stores um, and better because they say we're store freedom, more freedom, less government. Um, or one of our window uh, decals, uh, any way to spread the word uh, and get freedom fighting out there. That would be awesome. Um, oh, no. And it uh, looks like Lori has shared the Liberty Causes update that uh, Palm Beach Free Press is not getting a fair trial. That is very disturbing to hear. All of his objections are being overruled. That ticks me off uh, because I'm the one that helped uh, him identify what they would be called as he knew things were wrong. And I've been trying to help point him to what we've been learning together about the court rules uh, down here in Florida, as well as general concepts. Um, oh my gosh, my, I'm so sorry. My, um, I just realized now that my comment section has not been scrolling this entire time, at least for the last 20 minutes or so, 20, 30 minutes, it has not been scrolling like it normally does. So I did not know there were a bunch of new comments other than what Lori had been putting on the screen. Um, oh, looks like a lot has been put on here. Um, man. Ah, yes, unfortunately, um, uh, Diesel for We the People News says that uh, the court loves to mess with pro se people. That's uh, unfortunately that does happen in a lot of jurisdictions. Um, all right, so um, okay, I think uh, thank you for the good luck, uh, Gregory on YouTube, um, and uh, I think I've I've um, seen all of the comments or questions. Uh, hopefully I haven't missed something here. Um, but uh, at any rate, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, this comment on YouTube that I must make the, I must make this cost the city enough to make sure that they never do this again. And again, not just the city, but that's why I'm suing them in their individual capacities. So um, anyway, I learned something about that though. And Anyway, I, I don't want to um, alert the other side if there are trolls on board, uh, but I will be sharing something uh, about uh, at least Florida law when it comes to suing individuals uh, that go beyond the scope of their authority and their government roles. But anyway, I appreciate all the support um, and uh, the prayers. It looks like uh, several of you are, are you know, just offering kind comments of support or prayer or financial support as well. Um, so I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, thank you so much for what you're doing, whether it's just educating yourself and your loved ones on the Constitution and the law and how to fight back, or whether it's, uh, you know, taking it a step further and uh, contributing financially or hitting that like, share, subscribe, notification button. All of it is greatly appreciated. 
Um, certainly, Lori and I wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for those of you who are doing your part on, on your end of things. So um, again, thank you very much. This has been Restored Freedom Weekly, Season 2, Episode 13. And I'm Constitutional Attorney Catherine Henry, and I look forward to seeing you on our segments later this week. And of course, on next Tuesday at noon for our next full episode of Restore Freedom Weekly. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.